you've been arraigned on a charge in Massachusetts. You get picked up on a new charge. Could you go to jail? Let's talk about that. Hi, I'm attorney Paul Whalen from Afford Law. At Afford Law, we practice criminal and family law throughout Massachusetts. Our fees are all based on a sliding scale, which is based on your income. That means that the less you earn, the less you have to pay for our services. So what we're talking about today is what's called a bail revocation. So let's take the uh, situation. You've been uh, charged with one crime already. You've been arraigned. At your arraignment, the clerk or the judge will have given you a bail warning. They should. They tell you that if while you have an open case, if you get rearrested, you could uh, have your bail revoked and be held in custody for up to 90 days. So uh, let's say that that happens. So you, you've, got, you've got an open case, you get rearrested. Now the Commonwealth is looking to revoke your bail. That means they want to take away that bail in the first, from the first case and have you held in custody. Now, even if you're released on personal recognizance on the first case, PR, um, that's still considered bail. So a lot of times people say uh, at bail revocation hearings, when they hear about it, they say, I wasn't on bail, so I can't be revoked. Well, you can. Personal recognizance is considered bail for, for these purposes. So what does the Commonwealth have to prove in order to uh, have you held uh, as a bail revocator? Well, there are three things uh, that are uh, necessary for the Commonwealth to prove. They must prove that you were given your bail warning at the arraignment. Number two, that you there is probable cause to believe that you committed a new crime while you were on bail. And number three, that that crime and your behavior is such that the... Um, community or specific persons in the community uh, are unsafe because you are released and that no other conditions can ensure the safety of a person or the community at large. So those are the three elements that have to be proven. So a lot of times we get a question, how do you beat a bail revocation and what happens at a bail revocation hearing? Well, uh, because there are three elements, the Commonwealth has to prove all of them. If, if any one of them is not present uh, or can't be proven, they can't revoke your bail. So let's take a look at the three elements a little bit more closely. The first one is that you received your bail warning at arraignment. Okay, so what happens is um, the bail warning is, is also called an 802 warning. That's just a rule under which uh, the uh, uh, that warning came about. And that warning is that if while you have an open case, if you get rearrested for any charge, you could have your bail revoked and serve up to 90 days uh, in jail. I shouldn't say serve 90 days. You'd be held up to 90 days in jail uh, without the chance of being bailed out. So that's the thing. If your bail is revoked, you cannot be bailed out. You're stuck uh, in jail for that period of time or until your case is resolved. And one of the um, injustices in my mind is that if somebody is held on a bail revocation, they've lost their freedom. They've lost their liberty. They are obviously wanting to get their case settled, and they are more likely to accept a an, un, uh, an unfavorable outcome in their case. So if they if they plea out to a case, their uh, negotiating stance is much weaker because they want to get out of jail. I mean, who would blame them? Uh, so they're more willing to take a bad deal if it means to get to immediately get out of jail. So they have to show that you were given your bail warning, and how how do they do that? 
Well, um, on the docket, that's a, a document uh, that's an official document from the court. Um, um, and there are entries every time you go to court about what happened, what the date was, and so forth. And on the form, there's a little checkbox for the 802 warning or the bail warning. If it's checked off, that's evidence that you were given your bail warning at the arraignment. It's a very slight thing, um, and it's usually it's almost always checked off. Um, some very rare occasions, uh, it's not checked off. Sometimes they can't get the uh, the document itself, the docket itself, uh, for a number of reasons. If it's not, uh, if you were not arraigned in the same court uh, where the new case is, uh, they may not be able to get the document at all because it's in another court and they didn't have time to get it and they couldn't get it fa uh, faxed over, emailed over, whatever. So they may not have that. That's one way of... Um, challenging a uh, bail revocation. There's a, a case uh, that says there's a presumption that the bail warning was given. Even if the, that checkbox isn't checked, um, you can assume, the court can assume uh, that it was that it was checked off. Not a lot of people know about that case, and I just assume not, the prosecution not learn about that too much. Uh, I've had it used on me before, um, and you, you try to argue around it, but basically uh, it says, you know, even if you have that one rare case where the check box isn't checked, as far as the bail warning being given, uh, there's a way around it for the prosecution. But they have to show that. They have to show that you were, you were put on notice. The second thing is they have to show by, that there's, a, there's probable cause to believe that you committed a new crime while you were uh, on bail. So probable cause, very low standard. It's very easy for them to meet. It's very easy to convince a judge that there's probable cause. Basically, they just read from the police report. You know, if there's if there's an eyewitness or if there's a police officer that observes something uh, or whatever it might be, um, it's very easy for them to show that particular element. Um, it, have, it would have to be a very rare case indeed for us to be able to uh, work around it. It has happened, uh, but but not often. Uh, only because that standard, that probable cause standard, is so low. If your case goes to trial. The uh, burden of proof on the Commonwealth is a uh, beyond a reasonable doubt standard, which is the highest standard in law. That that means the jury has to uh, believe to a moral certainty that you committed the crime. Here, a probable cause that's on the on the very low end of the spectrum, where probable cause is like, yeah, okay, I'm I'm convinced um, it, uh, that uh, that this person committed this crime. Uh, so the third thing is uh, that your crime. Um, is one that is uh, dangerous to a person in the community or uh, the community at large. So uh, we can often uh, times uh, argue that the crime that you're charged with, the new crime that is, isn't of such a nature that you're posing a uh, um, uh, harm or danger to the community. Easy for me to say. <laughs> um, but uh, so, you know, suspend driving on a suspended license, that's probably not doesn't rise to that level. Shoplifting, perhaps, may not may not be uh, to that level. Uh, I mean, that, that can all be argued, of course, if you have a long history of these types of things that, that that's going to work against you. Um, but relatively minor crimes, we can say to the judge, hey, judge, you know, uh, OK, the bail warning was given. OK, uh, there's probable cause to believe that he committed this crime while out on bail. But really, the crime itself is 
not that serious. He, he's, he's not a danger to anyone in the community. So therefore, he should, he should not be held uh, in custody. Um, and the other thing is, as part of that third element is, uh, are there any other conditions that can be imposed short of taking away your freedom uh, that would uh, provide for the safety of people in the community or the community at large. That's where we try to, um, if, if it's a bad case especially, we try to offer things to the judge to um, ensure the, the safety of the community while still letting you get out. So things like GPS, stay away, no contact with any alleged victim, uh, uh, stay away from particular, um, particular addresses, home confinement, uh, that you're released to, uh, you're released into the custody of a of another person who will basically uh, take uh, responsibility for you. Um, so those are the kinds of things that we look to on that third element to try to get you released. I mean, the whole the whole battle of a uh, bail revocation is you're going to be held or not held. There's no really in between uh, as far as that goes. So uh, bail revocations very very important. Uh, one of the ways that you can uh, go to jail uh, at a pretrial hearing, um, really because it's 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 more of a pretrial hearing and a, a new arraignment uh, combined, which which would cause uh, that to, that to take place. So uh, watch out if you are if you have any open cases, you absolutely should not get rearrested for anything because it's you know they're gonna harp on that right away uh that's one of the things they look for uh as soon as somebody gets gets arrested they come into court they look at their criminal record to see if there are any open cases if you have an open case you're putting yourself in danger uh of uh, being incarcerated and being held for a period of time like i said up to 90 days um, and then at that 91st day you get brought in uh, if you're still in custody that is and then you can try to ask for bail or have bail set uh, and then you can try to get out or you can try to uh, resolve your case uh, prior to that uh, to get out. Like I said, then at that point, we're not working from a position of strength. We're work working from a position of weakness, uh, and the outcomes are going to reflect that. So as I say, at Afford Law, we do practice criminal and family law throughout Massachusetts. Our fees are based on your income, so the less you make, the less you pay. We're trying to make ourselves as affordable as possible to the hardworking people of Massachusetts. Please feel free to visit us at affordlaw.org and feel free to book a free virtual appointment with me. I would be happy to answer any questions you might have about criminal or family law matters in Massachusetts. Because at Afford Law, we're making justice affordable. Thank you.